Hi, this is Walter Montero, and you're listening to this week's edition of the Real Estate and Mortgage Show. All right. Uh, yes, hello everybody. This is Walter Montero with Coldwell Banker Maximum Results in Cambridge, and today we're going to be interviewing John Meggs from Global Property Inspections here in Cambridge. Hello, John. Hi, Walter. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. How are you doing? Very good. We're gonna we're gonna ask you a few questions here, if you don't mind, and uh, yeah. hopefully uh, our listeners will learn something from you, and I'm sure they will. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long have you been a property inspector? Uh, we've been inspecting houses and commercial properties for about three and a half years, uh, and we've been doing energy evaluations for uh, about two and a half years with Natural Resources Canada. Oh, very good. Okay. And uh, can, you, can you give us a bit of an overview of what's involved in a home inspection? Yeah. A, a general home inspection uh, includes exterior and interior components. Uh, exterior components include the roof, the gutters, windows, doors, siding, trim, grading, uh, driveway, walkways, decks and patios. Um, foundation, uh, structural components uh, on the inside like framing, um, floors, uh, the attic space, uh, interior components, um, doors, fireplaces, ceilings and walls, built-in appliances, uh, plumbing fixtures, uh, the hot and cold water supply, electrical service entrance, uh, service panel, the electrical circuits, um, the hot water heater, the HVAC system, um, air conditioning, furnace, uh, boiler, that sort of thing, uh, whatever's in there, so pretty much a general overview of all the major systems and components in the home. Wow, that's a, that's a pretty long list. How, how long does a typical home inspection take? Well, uh, it is a long list, and uh, and so we're usually on site uh, on average between 2.5 and 3.5 hours, I guess. Uh, but it all really depends on the age and condition of the home. Um, I've been there as long as five hours, which is, wow. can be a very long time uh, to be focusing on so many different things, but. Uh, Basically, as long as it takes to get it done, but yeah, typically two and a half to three and a half hours would be the average. Very good, excellent. Now, is there is there anything in particular that a home inspector doesn't look at? Uh, yeah, there is, and um, it is a good idea for people to be aware of that going into the home inspection, so that they, so that they understand properly what what service it is uh, they're they're paying for. Um, the the most important thing to remember, as a rule of thumb, is that home inspectors aren't looking at anything that they can't see. Uh, so anything that's obscured or hidden, whether it's with furniture or stored items, uh, would be not included in the inspection. Any anything that's latent, meaning it's not uh, visible. So a good example of that would be um, the uh, the main sewer exit from from the home. It's it's underneath the basement floor. Um, we can look for evidence that there's problems with it, but uh, from the point of view of actually visually inspecting it, it's it's not possible because it's not visible. Sure. So um, no, no X-ray vision. That's right. We leave the X-ray vision at home. Uh, the other thing is that uh, there are there are some other exclusions that a lot of inspectors, uh, including ourselves, will comment on if we see them, but they're not technically included in the standards of practice, and that would be things like uh, environmental hazards, mold, um, that sort of thing. Now, if I see something uh, that looks like mold, I'm not going to not tell people about it, obviously, uh, but uh, it's kind of a running joke, but you'll hear the inspector refer to it as a mold-like substance, uh, and that comes from you know, the state of California where a home inspector can get in a 
lot of trouble if he identifies something that is mold that, that isn't. Um, but, uh, but yeah, certainly there's, there are exclusions that are included in the standards of practice um, that it's good to be familiar with, and that's why we send them out uh, well ahead of time so that people have a chance to review them and know exactly what it is, the service they'll be provided with. I see. Okay, so basically if you come across something that uh, you're unfamiliar with or maybe requires some other level of expertise, then obviously you're referring it off to, to the yeah, if, if channel, I see right? if I see something that, that is obviously mold and that I'm going to refer to as a mold-like substance, then I'm going to recommend further evaluation by an environmental expert, depending on depending on the size of it, because there are CMHC has clear guidelines on some of that stuff that can be managed by homeowners, and, uh, so we let people know that too. I see. Okay. Now, uh, what would you say in your experience is the most common trouble spot in terms of uh, home inspection? What do, you, what do you find almost all the time? Uh, there's a couple things that pop up quite a bit. Um, one of them, and it obviously depends on the house, but I find a lot of times uh, tiled shower enclosures in, mm-hmm. in houses. If the maintenance has been deferred and it's older, uh, there's almost always problems with that, moisture detected behind that. I know people like the tile, but you have to maintain it. Um, the one that pops up at pretty much every inspection, in fact, I, I think I can only I can only think of maybe, you know, I could count on one hand the number of times I've marked it acceptable, and that's the grading around the house. Oh, yes. Um, grading and guttering, uh, there's almost always something that can be improved there to reduce the risk of water intrusion into the home. Um, so I think grading is probably the one thing that almost all the time I'm seeing something that could be done better. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in terms of the maintaining the tile, you're talking about uh, sealing the grout properly and that sort of thing? Yeah, sealing grout, let, making sure that the caulking joints are maintained and things like that. A lot of times people will just defer the maintenance on that. Uh, they're not maintenance-free. You know, people need to be maintaining those things. And uh, then if they're well-maintained, you know, then they're more likely going to be fine. Okay. All right. Now, everybody loves war stories. Uh, what, what would you say is the strangest thing you've ever encountered uh, during the home inspection? Uh, well, you, you run across a lot of interesting things, that's for sure. Uh, actually, it's kind of funny. You see you see some of the scarier stuff during energy evaluations because that's when people aren't trying to put their best foot forward. Uh, okay. But uh, on a home inspection, we've seen, uh, we've seen a couple uh, barbecued critters in the electrical panel. It's <laughs> uh, kind, of, kind of shocking when you open it up and that's staring at you. But but uh, probably the strangest thing uh, that ended up being quite a surprise to everyone, uh, I remember I was doing a one-and-a-half story uh, maybe a year and a half, a couple of years back, and uh, went into the attic, and it turns out the, the house had, had been involved in a major fire in the past, and so all the, all the, the, um, the rafters were charred, uh, and it went right from the, the lower attic and the side of the one-and-a-half story, so it had the side attics, and that's where we saw it. You could see the sheathing on the side of the house was all charred up, and... Uh, and then all the way up into the attic. And the current homeowners, uh, bless their hearts, had, had no clue that this had happened. It probably happened 30 years ago. Uh, and so they were completely unaware of it. Um, and uh, and so I, I know it was quite a surprise to find um, because because certainly there were some structural concerns because it wasn't just that it had been it had been barbecued. I mean, that some of it you could you could break it with your fingers, you know. So wow. that was quite a surprise. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now uh, tell me what what does the you know how much. Uh, these 
home inspection cost? What is, what is a typical home inspection cost? Uh, there's a range out there. Um, I would say based on what I know, and actually, Walter, you might be able to answer this question a little better than me in some ways, but uh, I, I've heard from, from other colleagues uh, typically in the range of three to $500, uh, depending on the experience of the inspector, um, how much they want to charge. I know there's some guys who, and I've seen a couple of years ago, guys who are charging 250 uh, which to me is, is, is low. Um, but uh, I think generally that's the range people can be expecting is somewhere between three and $500. Yeah, that's certainly the range we encounter. I, I mean, mm-hmm. the only time we ever see anything usually a little higher is when they get into uh, septic and well inspections. And certainly, yeah. Whenever, whenever you have those ancillary services added on, um, yeah, that for sure can do that. Right, right. Okay. Now, uh, we've, we've all seen that. Now, you have made a bit of a reference to it earlier, but we've all seen the show Hoarders on TV. Uh, can, uh, can, a, can a proper home inspection be done if, if the current homeowner just has too much stuff? Like, can you move this stuff? Or, like, how do you handle that kind of thing? Uh, my in-laws love that show. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the, the word proper kind of stood out to me there. Um, yes and no. I mean, we can still do our job, um, but obviously we're disclosing the fact that there's limitations involved with this. So so proper home inspection can be done, but at the same time, no, because, you know, we can't be we can't be touching the owner's possessions and moving it around. Um, you know, so there are going to be limitations, especially if you go into a house and there is visual pollution everywhere. And what I mean by that is just clutter, even knickknacks, like lots of knickknacks yes. and things like that. It can, it can really kind of just confuse things, whereas you go into an unoccupied home and it always moves so much faster because there's really nothing where you have to look twice, uh, you know, everything's very clear. So, so yes, you can do the job, but understand we're not going to see as much. Um, you know, that's just the reality of it because we, we really do not have the permission to be touching people's things and moving them around, and that's a liability issue if you sure. break something uh, and, and it's, it's not ours. So it's almost something that should be addressed from a you know an offer perspective in terms of making sure that the uh, the inspector has access to all the areas that he needs to access, right? It's a great idea for the buyer's agent to to contact the listing agent and just request certain things. Yeah, like things are as clear as they can be. You know, the perimeter around the basement is clear. Uh, access to the attic is clear. Right. Um, those things can really help. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, uh, you know, it's funny, uh, over the years, uh, you know, you speak to some people that, uh, you know, especially these days, I've been in the business 25 years, you know, home inspections 25 years ago were virtually unheard of, and now, you know, real estate transactions are almost unheard of without one. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, you do come across some people that are, you know, there's still some controversy as to the validity of these inspections. What what is the liability of an inspector in the event of, you know, an error or an omission or you know, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's an industry that's grown very quickly, uh, and because of that, you know, it, it, there are there are issues that, it, that can come up on from the point of view of what standards of practice are used, what is the inspector looking for or not looking for, uh, but the reality is, is is that by law, when, when the inspector ends in, enters into a contractual agreement with the, with the customer, you know, we're obligated to do a good job. Um, and so we do have uh, clients sign a pre-inspection agreement. Like I said, we send that to them ahead of time so they can review it, but an inspector can't hide behind the agreement if there is an error or an omission uh, that, that is something that was not a latent defect. Uh, so an example of something that's not an error or an omission is if it's, if it's covered. It can't be seen. Sure. But if it's, if it's clearly evident that what, what is found could have been uh, discovered on, on the day of the inspection, then, then there is liability uh, on, on the part of the inspector, and 
that's why we carry insurance, just like doctors do, and, and you, Walter, have insurance, right, uh, yeah. for those sorts of things. So so we do pay a lot of money for our insurance, uh, and, and that's to protect the customer as much as it's to protect us uh, in the event of something that was, was uh, not seen that should have been seen or was not reported properly. Um, I think for us, the best po- policy that we have found, um, I mean, we haven't had, you know, knock on wood, but we haven't had a callback from a buyer in over two years, uh, which I think in this industry is, is a little bit unheard of. Um, right. We're pretty proud of that, but that uh, I think that just comes down to two things. First of all, being very clear with customers ahead of time about what the limitations are and letting them know what we can and cannot see, and not, not beating around the bush trying to sell our service like we're some kind of Superman, uh, but just being very clear. And then the second key part of that is doing the best job we can uh, and finding and reporting on as much as we can, being very detailed in our reports. Uh, and then uh, because of that, I think, um, you know, there's, there's, uh, we're reducing our liability and, and our customers are happier for it. Sure. But, uh, but, yeah, there is, there is certain, certainly, uh, you know, legal ramifications to an inspector missing something that was not a latent defect. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So and now do you have any quick pointers as far as, you know, what, if there's a homeowner now, or I'm sorry, a home buyer now while looking for properties, uh, is there anything in particular that, that you could, you know, if you had, you know, somebody asking you for advice, what should I keep my eye out on uh, mm-hmm. when I'm looking at property? Well, I guess, uh, you know, less so than any specific things, um, there's a few uh, there's a few bigger things that you can do to, to help. And the first thing is to try and take off the rose-colored glasses, uh, you know, because homeowner buyers get attached to homes, I think, oh, sure. pretty quickly. Uh, and so it's important to try and look at the house, you know, after you've had that first walkthrough or whatever, to, to really try and take an unbiased look at it uh, so that you can see what else might jump out at you. And I find a lot of people say they find the biggest advantage to being at the home inspection uh, is is that they get two hours in the house uh, instead of 15 minutes or whatever. And uh, so the, the rose-colored glass, glasses come off a little bit and they go, oh, I didn't see that before and I didn't see that. And they start to really, start to, the reality of what the house is starts to hit them. And that's fine because the other part of that is you just need to understand that every house is going to have issues. Sure. Uh, and, and I think the third part of that is just to budget accordingly. Um, I think uh, the best advice uh, that a buyer can have going into a home is understanding that it's not maintenance-free. Uh, and there's numbers that people toss out there, like 1% of, of the list price is a good budget for, for annual maintenance. That can be accurate and not accurate, depending on the type of house it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think budget accordingly. Uh, from the specifics, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that you can quickly see. I think one thing that's easy to see, but uh, people aren't aware of, again, is the grading. If, if you can go around and see that there's land sloping towards the house, you know, then, then that's an issue. But uh, you can obviously get your inspector to comment on that more fully uh, to see if it's going to be a bigger concern. Sure. Okay. All right. Well, that's great. Uh, John, thank you so much for your time. And, no, my uh, pleasure. And uh, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, they, can, they can call us if uh, they're interested in more information about home inspections in general or booking a home inspection, uh, 519-212-6220, and they'll either talk to myself or uh, my wife, Bridget. Okay. Um, they can contact us uh, via email, uh, john at gpiontario.com, or as well uh, on the web, uh, our website, www.gpiontario.com. Com. A lot of good information on there about uh, what's involved in a home inspection and some resources for home buyers as well. Uh, they can download a coupon, although you didn't hear that from me. And, uh, <laughs> and there's ways to get in touch with us there as well. So. Excellent. Very good. Okay. okay. Thanks very much, John. Yeah, thanks very much, Walter. Appreciate it.